we go! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Lights Out F1 podcast. I'm Patrick, that's Claire, that's Jakob, and today we have two guests. If you guys want to say your names. I'm Sam. Hey, everybody, I'm Alex. Alright, cool, cool. Yeah, you don't really need to talk in the mic like that, it's all good. Um, yeah, so we're going to start off with asking you guys uh, who your favorite drivers are and what your favorite teams are. Well, so for me, it kind of depends. Uh, I kind of have two. Uh, like longevity wise, like Alonzo has always been my favorite. Mm-hmm. He's just like the absolute <laughs> diva. And on that diva train, I uh, Verstappen has always been my guy. Oh, wow. um, I've been following. I've been following him ever since he got in the sport. So it's gonna be a long podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've been following him uh, ever since he stepped in the game. So yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm kind of new to it a little bit more. Uh, historically, I'm a, I'm a big Kimi fan. Uh, yes. I think it's pretty cool. How can you hate the ice cream? No. Um, currently, with the, the current roster, uh, I do like uh, a little bit of Alpine. I know that's, that sounds weird. That's a weird take, but I, I, I like Aka, Esteban Aka. Um, uh, who else? George Russell's pretty impressive for, for being. He's just like tall guys. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess, like, whatever it looks like, you know, I guess, so, uh, yeah, uh, you, you can't hit, well, you can, I guess, uh, Fernando Alonso is pretty interesting, he's done this past season, too, so that's yeah. kind of, like, what I've been drinking, yeah. and then I also like Botas. Mm. That's enough. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so do you want to talk about your hat a little bit, Alex? Oh, yeah, yeah. Got it. yeah, so I bought this hat recently, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, I thought it was pretty funny when I was going into like the the background of Kimmy and his career, how he was probably one of like the, the nail in the coffin for bankrupting the team. Oh yeah, and it was pretty <laughs> impressive, uh, especially in the comeback of his of his career after he went on like a a little sabbatical with NASCAR and um, rallying with his brother Randy was pretty cool. So I, I thought it was pretty impressive, and how could you hate a sponsor a partnership with Angry Birds? So awesome. Like you know, the sound looks great. Stealing when we had it, so I was like, you know what, I, I should buy it. It falls purchase, so yeah, no, that's cool. How much you spend on it? Yeah, uh, back, right? uh, <laughs> way more than I should have had. Uh, probably like 80 bucks because it was from Japan. Also, so. too bad. Yeah, yeah. You know. Shipping costs. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Big shipping costs, like 20 bucks. Yeah, okay. Um, so we're just going to start off with a little bit of fun stuff. Um, there's recently a picture of Lewis and Lando playing golf together. Um, I love following everyone that Lewis is playing golf with, with uh, and Lando. Um, Lewis doesn't play golf that much, but Lando does, and he plays with like Carlos and um, a lot of other drivers and uh, DJs. So I wanted to ask you guys, who would you want to play a sport with and why? Like, which driver? I think, I mean, purely like for the vibes, I mean, I don't know. If, I don't, oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Purely for the vibes, I think if, uh, if we can bring Seb back, I think Seb would be awesome. But out of the current, current roster, I feel like um, I feel like Checo would be fun to just party with and like play golf with. Okay. Good time. Oh. <laughs> There's so many people that seem so fun to hang out with. Yeah. I mean, I, I could say something like Yuki seems like a great guy <laughs> just to do something. Like, he'd be straight up just like yeah. the funniest guy for no reason. He'd be all over the place. He'd take you to like all these clubs or yeah. something and be like, where are we right now? He's like, just don't worry about it. Oh, you'd be asking, where is he? Because you wouldn't be asleep. You wouldn't be asleep. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be lost in the crowd. Yuki, where are you? Yeah. Uh, no, that'd be cool. Um, I, 
I wonder if Signs has a little uh, kind of skill uh, from rallying to like his dad does. You know, yeah, to, yeah, to, to try that out. And maybe you can teach me how to rally or something because I've always had like an affinity with uh, rally driving. Mm-hmm. Also, that would be my answer. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, I, my, my driver is going to be a little bit tough. Yeah, and what sport are you going to be playing? I probably play tennis with a pickleball. Oh, yeah. I play pickleball a little bit. It's crazy, like, good to play. So you're talking to, like, the number one pickleball fan in here. Oh, really? Yeah. I would play pickleball. Are you? I don't watch it, but I play there with my sister, so. Well, we're all going to have to go play pickleball. Yeah. Um, I have to say probably I want to play like sand volleyball with uh probably George. I mean, <laughs> he'd be the type of guy who takes all the females. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, like just fi- like I think playing with um like let's say both Mercedes guys. I'd say just all four of the top teams are playing sand volleyball. It'd be really fun. Yeah. And then just add some. Let's add Toto in there as well. Yeah. Just like ten people. Like that'd be so sick. That'd yeah. Be fun. I mean, I would just love to play with Louis, uh, play golf with Lewis and Lando and Carlos and Carlos Sainz Senior. If we can get a fifth guy in there, yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay, now getting on to maybe some more serious topics. Um, you want to talk about Yas Verstappen? <laughs> that man. <laughs> yeah. So you are you're a fan of Max. Yeah. Are you are you a fan of Yas as no. well? No. No. Okay. So he. I mean. Where do I even begin with him? Like he <laughs> was arrested, and he was—he, I think, at like ninety. I don't know. After his career, he was arrested for like attempted murder <laughs> on uh, on his mother yeah. for like three years. And I mean, just like he—you can see it like in Max's eyes. Like, he was just like didn't have like a childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not like a fan of Yoss, but like he made Max like he molded Max into like a serial winner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I mean, like, I think the post-race interview from 2021 at the Debbie was yeah. telling all, like, Max literally says it. I think he says it in a way where everybody's like, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But like, he's like, yeah, like, my family literally lived for me. Like, my sister didn't get to see my dad because he was always with me. I didn't get to see my mom because I was always with my dad. And so, like, my entire family is literally here for me because of my dad. Yeah, he's, <laughs> I'm not a fan of y'all, so yeah. I, I, I hate him. Most recently, um, he did not congratulate Checo on yeah. his win. I'm sure you guys saw those pictures. He just like avoided them. I'm like, what? Just be a part of the moment. Like Max like did a stellar comeback drive. Just celebrate for Checo because yeah. like Max couldn't catch up no matter what. No, but he has like a history of it, right? Because yeah. when when um, Checo won Monaco last year, mm-hmm. you had him complaining on Max's website about how <laughs> the team should have given strategy so that Max could have won. So you can, you can kind of see how like. Because they're go- they've gotten so used to like Red Bull being Max Verstappen racing as opposed to Red Bull racing. Yeah. So you see that it's like you see when he's not used to Max racing, it's like oh, I'm gonna be salty and shady about it. So. Oh, so sure. question on the topic of it. Um, you said you've been following Max since he first started. When did you actually first start first start watching Formula One in general? So I started watching um, two. I started watching like really loosely like 2009 mm-hmm. um, when the Braun cars. Uh, yeah. Jensen Button. Yeah, the um, double double champions. Yeah. So started loosely, and then as like the turbo era started, I started like moving more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that makes sense. And you just starting this season? Uh, no, I I well, okay, so I got into it a little bit more in Drive to Survive for season aired. So which was twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah, but then I really got invested in, into it once uh, Sam and I became roommates, and they started uh, 
Uh, that was in the fall of last year. So it's it's been a it's been pretty cool to learn a little bit about it more. So you got to see the exciting ish half of twenty twenty three where teams started developing yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the whole event. like middle nine races where Max was just kind of driving fading the sunset. Yeah, yeah, that was insane. <laughs> yeah, uh, Sam was probably having a blast with it. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, this is sweet. I love it. <laughs> I was having a field. Day. I didn't need to watch the races. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you can always hear him in the other room. And he was like, yeah, baby. <laughs> But you gotta admit, even as a fan of Red Bull Max Verstappen, uh, it does get like it does get boring seeing them at the front by themselves, no? It, it it does, but I mean you can say the same thing about Mercedes. Yeah, that's so a- like I mean you can see Mercedes. <laughs> you get bored. You don't get bored. He's, he loves I, Mercedes. I never get bored. Like I've watched since like 2014. Okay. F1. I watched before that, but I'm a huge Lewis fan. Yeah. So I never get bored of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but as a Max fan, you wouldn't get bored of it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say bored of the winning part. I'd say probably just bored of like the driving part, just because like they're so far off in the distance, mm-hmm. and like in both these first two races, uh, Checo and Max have been like so far apart from each other, but also so far apart from the rest of the field. So it's kind of like you're bored of seeing the front two. Yeah. And I think the commentators and the rest of the fans would also be pretty bored of it because they don't even show them anymore. No, exactly. <laughs> it's like, like the battle for fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I saw something where it was like, McLaren are going to lose all their sponsors for the new backmarker, but I'm like, they're the ones getting the most view time. That That's wouldn't so even make sense to me. Like, the, the sponsors for Red Bull aren't even getting seen at all because they're not covering it because it's so boring up front. I think this the trade-off with consistency. All the time, people start to focus on, like, the back and the middle of the pack because that's where the it's action's happening. That's where the showtime is. is, too. Yeah. But also, Alpine had a very, very... Um, Quiet race. Inside. They really did. Yeah. Like they so they battled each other maybe once, and then after that they just kind of settled into their above the rest of the pack type pace, but behind the front runners. It's very similar to last year, except this year there's no McLaren with them. Right. Mm-hmm. So like I guess watching them must be boring too. It's, it's why do you choose to be an Alpine fan? It's not a curious. Um. Yeah, well, you guys never hear that. I know that's that's a, that's a weird thing to yeah. say, right? Um. Well, I do I do appreciate. Um, the brand of Renault, just mm-hmm. more of like the automotive history about them. I think, I mean, Alpine only has one car right now. I think that's a really interesting car, the Alpine A110. Yeah, it's a cool uh, car. Yeah, uh, competing with the, the likes of the Cayman um, and a couple other classes. Did they develop another car? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're working on another thing right now. They need, they need to diversify, and that's like their, their sports line now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like why I gravitated towards the team initially. Um, but they're, it's interesting because like Renault's had some trouble over the years. Like part of this rebrand is yeah. kind of like hope, hoping a lot of the time that they're, they're going to move forward and accelerate, but they've still stayed kind of like in the middle of the pack. So um, have you uh, at all heard the stories of Renault 2005, 2006 and with uh, Fabio Briatore? Not, not necessarily. No. Okay, um, I would take a while to check that out. Um, might not be as interested. <laughs> You'll be very invested in it. Um, yeah. Maybe not as respected of it. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Fair. So I have a theory. I have a question. I have a theory that Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly are the same drivers. Just Esteban Ocon is winning more person. Right. I just want to know what you guys, what's your take on that? I hate, I do not like, there, there's just like something about Ocon where I just like don't like it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I feel like all the other drivers like kind of have like the same vibe to it, but like, I don't, I'm just really not a fan of them. Gasly, I'm like, okay, I'm like high on, but I mean, Gasly's hot, I guess. Like, all the girls like, hot. Like, <laughs> yeah, girl. uh, He's good mean, looking, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm, kind of, I'm, just not, I'm just really not a fan of. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting to say that. Um, Charles Leclerc, mm-hmm. Pierre Gasly, Espen Ocon went to a basketball game. 
Pierre Gasly posted all three of them. Charles cropped out yeah. the same picture. <laughs> it's, not, it's not good for marketing. No, it's not. <laughs> He's just trying to break apart all three before he started. Yeah. That was bizarre. Super bizarre. Um, but I guess, how do you feel about the Alpine driver lineup this year? Uh, you know, I, I think right now, currently, there's going to be some things to change, of course, mm-hmm. with having a little bit more competitive drivers. I, I do like Esteban personally uh, as, as a driver. I think how he kind of entered the, the F1 atmosphere is admirable. I mean, his family invested everything into him mm-hmm. a lot of the time, so he didn't have the luxuries of a lot of other F1 drivers, so you got to give credit with credit's given that atmosphere. Um, but I don't know what Alpine's next move is going to be, especially after you know, slotting out Fernando, um, so a better opportunity with the team. Uh, it seems like one of them is going to have to leave for the next coming season, or we might see something later this season. But I, I, I have no clue uh, about the future of that. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, Gasly is finally being able to prove himself outside of Red Bull. Yeah. yeah. So uh, hopefully he turns up some better results for Alpine. Yeah. Or yeah. like you're saying, like knows what they're going to do. They can't just stay in a midfield when they are showing so much promise last year. Right. All they are kind of like a very big anomaly in sport right now, just because they're probably the team that should be closest to the front pack, mm-hmm. but it's too far away from the back pack to do anything. No, exactly. And so and it was it was like that last year, um, where McLaren, they were kind of with them, but it felt like with the McLaren-Alpine battle, it was either the McLarens having a problem where they just didn't have the pace, or Alpine just having a problem with reliability. And so it wasn't, you didn't really get to see much, like, too much actual wheel-to-wheel action. A lot of their battling was just like, because the other person had a problem. Yeah. Um, and so like, now that McLaren's out of the picture, it's like, okay, well now we really have an anomaly here with this one team in the middle of the pack. But they're clearly P5. Like, they don't have the pace to match with uh, Ferrari, Claire, or Mercedes, um, Aston Martin, Red Bull. Quite frankly, nobody has anything to match against Red Bull right now. But they're also far too fast for the likes of Alfa Romeo or Haas. So it's kind of like, they're, they're very much stuck in a spot. And I'm kind of curious how this whole development battle is going to go, because they actually have less development time than Ashton Martin, than McLaren, than all these other teams that were below them. So I'm kind of curious to know, how do you guys feel about, like, the, like, obviously this season we're going to be focused on the second half of the season a lot. Red Bull has, is probably taking a lot of their time out for the second half of the season. I'm kind of curious, do you guys think that the teams behind Alpine are going to be a lot more catching up to them? Or do you think that Alpine is going to be much more catching up to the final season? I definitely think they're not going to make a big enough jump to reach like the front of the pack. So I feel like the back of the pack will slowly catch up. I mean, I mean, when you look at like Aston Martin, they like are poaching everybody. Yeah, they are. So like, I mean, they picked out like Mercedes as like top aerodynamicist and like someone from Red Bull too. It's just like, I don't know, just like the the way that they operate is so much differently. I think Alpine. I mean, they're always going to produce a solid car. I mean, every year in year out, they're usually fifth or sixth. So I mean, we'll see. I just think it's just so much more of a gap to to breach or to bridge. Um, so it just like wouldn't make sense for them to reach like the top four mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, the gap to the gap for the Mohawk to catch up to Alpine is a lot. Mm-hmm. Which I think at this point is Ferrari's control. Well, yeah, it's going to be Ferrari. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I even, I even think it's like a, it's more of like a fundamental. It's like you can make, I mean, the whole philosophy of the car might be like 
like completely like re redesigned to like to reach like the top three. Yeah. Whereas like you can make a few tweaks like the nose or the floor and then right up in there probably. So that's like they probably like if they wanted to reach that they'd have to completely scrap the car and redesign something new. Um, interestingly enough, Toto recently said he would have no shame in like just totally copying the Red Bull. He said that he just like yeah. they, they need to some, get you can stick Red Bull stickers on it. Yeah. He but said like, he would put a Red Bull sticker on yeah, it. That's awesome. Or a Bull sticker. Just like a tiny one. Yeah. Like a tiny one. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, so now I want to ask you guys about Aston Martin. Do you think we have an Aston Gate brewing for the future? Are we gonna? Is something gonna come out 100%. later that that they did something wrong? Whatever Fernando Alonso goes, usually there's something you yeah. had McLaren Spygate, you had Crashgate, and then mm -hmm. you had the whole history with Stoffel, Van Dorn, and McLaren, and yeah. all of that nonsense. So, I would not be surprised if a bunch of cat features come out next, next year for Aston Martin. Because there's no way they don't, like, in the history of Formula One, has ever, anyone ever seen a midfield team make such a huge leap? Well, I mean, they, like, they were in like, like eight Yeah, last exactly. Year. Like, such a huge leap. Mm -hmm. And then, and I mean, so, like, and then made the leap, but. Yeah, but Mercedes had a whole year. Yeah, so I mean, like within a within its uh, era, I don't think any teams are ever going to be like this. Mm -hmm. It's been a while. Yeah, so I would not be surprised. Budget cap reaches every year next year. I mean, the only other yeah. team that actually did something similar to racing point, which is also. <laughs> 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 and then they got in trouble. Yeah. So, I feel like that might be coming in the next year or two. Something was not right in their, their way of making this great car. I mean, I totally believe, like, I, I'll be the first to say that, like, I don't like Lawrence, mm -hmm. uh, Lawrence Stroll at all, yeah. but, like, I do see his vision. I mean, when you, I mean, you dump enough money into something, it will hopefully turn out a result. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I think, I mean, with all, like, the facilities that they're building, like, the five-year plan that he's, like, been mm -hmm. chatting about, I believe in it. I just totally think that there's, like, like what you said, there's like no, there's no way that you can just like jump on so quickly. It's not going to hurt him. Like if it, if there was precedent for it, I believe it. I believe yeah. for sure. But Red Bull built up. Mercedes built up. Ferrari. I well, mean, we've all been wondering what um, Aston Martin's been doing with all this money that they've been putting in. There's been even some off the cuff like rumors that it was money laundering. Yeah. So. The team's brand has skyrocketed in value, and now they have yeah. a huge new fan base that they've just kind of mm -hmm. poached up from a, a bunch of different teams. And I, mean, I think we've all seen it on TikTok too. Fernando Alonso's oh, everywhere. Aston Martin's everywhere on my yeah. page now, and so they're giving get away from like them. the funniest things to do. <laughs> they are. They're yeah. getting gritty on the pit lane. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like some of the best uh, radio calls now. Like that yeah, is, yeah I, that dude is exuberant right now. Like. Every single one of the radio calls, I think he's happy just because he finally made a good move for his career. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing I like also to note about it is that Aston Martin's making this jump without having finished their wind tunnel yet. They're literally True. doing all of this True. in a Mercedes wind tunnel. And so I'm like, how is Mercedes not just like seeing all of this and just be like, hey, what's Where's going on? Yeah. yeah. Well, to correct me if I'm wrong, don't they share some components of the car? Yeah, so the entire rear suspension is actually a Mercedes rear suspension. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then? Yeah. And then it, of course. Mm -hmm. So, that's the It's kind of thing. embarrassing for Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Listen, listen, we gave them the pink Mercedes in 2020. We'll get the, we'll get the black Aston Martin. Yeah. Our suspension from Mercedes is because of what happened with the racing point. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that's what they got fined for and yeah. docked points for. And after that, Aston Martin, Lawrence Stroller is like, okay, well, if we're going to fine for it, can we just buy it within the like laws of the sport? So now they're just, that's their rear suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, which does make their car kind of interesting because um, the Aston Martin now, I wouldn't say it's a green Red Bull anymore. It's... Probably the, in my mind, it's the co- uh, collaboration of all three of the top teams put yep. together. Like it has like Mercedes parts in it, obviously, and then we clearly see the Red Bull like side pod design. But then the deep inlets that mm-hmm. other teams have started to adopt as well from Ferrari, like the little tub form. And so Aston Martin has somehow managed to make all of that mesh into one car. And I don't think I've ever seen a car that like uh, as a commentator put punchy on the brakes. Like that thing in the braking zone, it will break. 20 to 30 meters after anybody else and it makes for some great overtakes it does mm-hmm. uh, I think most notably already the overtaking the turn 10 on Lewis and, and Bahrain that was stellar that was stellar yeah <laughs> nothing against them. Lewis no. but like man that was just like no, even as Lewis man that was a great move <laughs> that's a good move yeah um, but on the other side of the garage uh, Lance Stroll I mean a lot of people don't like him just because you know he feels like he's a key driver but <laughs> At this point, he's just like he's got to slot the team. Do you guys think that he's actually like a main driver in F one now? I totally think he's. I I'll be the first one to say I do not like Lance at all. Um, I mean, he, he's not great at Williams, but I mean, we've seen him um, twenty twenty in Turkey um, by qualifying, yeah. put it on pole, and then this too. I mean, he's proven himself. I just don't think he's that complete. Yes, there's obviously great other like juniors like yeah. Teo Porcher. Formula Two, which is like slot in, yeah. but uh, Lance, he's just just a quality. Like he's been, yeah. like he's that's just the way to describe him. Do but, you think he would still have a spot if he was anyone else's son? No, or if he didn't have him on no. His no way. So yeah, he's gotten like chance after chance of just still driving. But this this uh, drive after getting in the bike accident, mm-hmm. the broken wrist, oh, and so yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. You know, it's amazing he's still. Doing it for his recovery. And he's on a good drive in Saudi Arabia as well, if not for the engine issue. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's kind of amazing actually how good the car is, and especially like somebody who we consider mid as a show, you know, put it in P6 at the George Russell the first race, and then uh, looks like he's ready to put it on like P6, P5 in <laughs> Saudi Arabia. So um, yeah, I, th- I definitely think he's a better driver. I, I mean, nobody gets this many chances outside of, you know, maybe. Max, mm-hmm. um, which one could argue is that Max also is in the same situation, albeit that because Joss had a very big uh, say in what Red will do. Um, but yeah, outside of Max and Lance, I don't think anybody gets chances like this. No. Um, but off the topic of uh, them going to the very back of the grid with the females in the point so far, <laughs> uh, McLaren, what do you guys think is going on? What the hell have they produced? Like they were, they were like a quality. <laughs> Top midfield car last year, and then now they're like, like literally in the last of the standings right now. Like, I don't know how you can screw up something so badly. I just don't. It like mentally for me, like it does not like compute. Like, can they just go back to like their twenty twenty two car? Like, I I don't understand it. Well, especially with their driver lineup too. You hope that they have some cars. Yeah, it's like a lot of wasted potential. I mean, as an Alpine family, you got to be like. Exuber- you're gonna be happy right now because Oscar Piastri, you're like, well, this is what you get for leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what could have been. Yeah, this is what could have been happening. You could have been. You could have been at the middle of the pack, the most consistent team on the grid. <laughs> no, I definitely think the um, 
like them losing like key figures. So like Andreas Seidel like leaving. Um, I think they lost someone else. Um, lost James Key. Yeah. Yeah. Was that kicked his ass out? Well, I'm, yeah, that's because he was he created this this car. <laughs> They're like, we need some new blood in there. Yeah. So I just I don't really I don't know how they just created such like a terrible car, but I mean I think. I think this will also work negatively towards uh, Piastri because I mm-hmm. I think he'll probably move into reserve in a reserve role for next year. Is my prediction? Oh, who, That's my hot take. Who gets the seat? That's especially with experience. We want your hot take. Who do you think? Oh God, I think not on the rookie show. I can't really think of any other rookie. I would the only person I could see maybe moving. Uh, who would want to drive? I don't know. They could put Mick Schumacher in the seat. Oh, Mick Schumacher, yeah. Right. He does have experience, like two years of F1 experience, so it's not like he wouldn't bring anything to the table. Mm-hmm. He has four points, finally, but yeah. Uh, so he will crash some things. He will. A lot. He will cost them money. <laughs> yeah, that's something they could afford. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, even one of the IndyCar drivers. Oh, true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was uh, Colton Herta. Uh, yeah. the, he's, he's also, mm-hmm. you know, Zach Brown, the big fan of him. Yeah. Kicking him up. Pat Award? No, Pat Award. <laughs> Gonna be Colton Herta or nothing. Colton Herta is infinitely more talented than Pato. But he's not a McLaren driver. He is. No, he's not. He got a McLaren test like last season. Yeah, but but he's not a McLaren driver. I guarantee there are there are indie drivers that are officially reserved for him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Colton Herta is gonna be in F1. It's gonna be with Andretti in 2026 or wherever Andretti wants him before that. Where do you do you guys think Andretti's actually gonna make it in 2026? Well, so they. I don't know where I saw it, um, but they were like a lot of the teams were like like the buy-in. Um, they were like, "Oh, you need to pay like a billion dollars," and like Andretti was like, "Fine, we can do that." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they just like name a price. So I definitely think we will see maybe Andretti, but like I don't I, I don't know if like they're gonna be competitive at all. It's just like it's like a really big wall to die in, like especially like a billion dollars like buy-in. Like that's a that's a lot of money. I think Andretti is a very Interesting case because uh, it's two hundred million buy-in, and they combined with uh, Cadillac mm-hmm. um, and a couple other people, and I mean they already have a lot of backing and a lot of funds from other um, racing that they do. Um, I think they show a lot of promise with something like this because uh, when they first came to Formula E, I'm not sure who follows it, but um, Andretti had, was not like the greatest all team. Even last year they were fantastic, but this year uh, they've got a pretty good driver lineup and. I mean, they're putting out points. Um, Jake Dennis is in mm-hmm. second place in the championship right now for them. Um, and so I think they're very good when it comes to overtime projects. I don't think they just jump head first into this without like already having something that works for it. So I do think if they, if they did come in, they would probably be making a late nine type deal. But then also, like, how cool would it be to have two more open slots in the grid? Yeah. Like, there's so many talents out there, especially like, in F2. I don't think there's ever been such a talented F2 grid. No. And I think, especially not all of them are like a lot of them are in the second year. There's like two more slots in the grid would be a huge opportunity for anybody. Well, and then reserve roles as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, but also, okay, so out of the F two grid, who do you think? What which three drivers do you think deserve an F one opportunity for us right now? Definitely Tail for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's his name's like Frank Vesti. Oh yeah, Frank I, Frank I rate Frank him. Yeah. I rate him. Um, he just won. Yeah, 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 yeah
his quality. Mm. I think, uh, I mean, this this grid is really, like, yeah, I, love, I love watching, like, the, the races. I mean, also, too, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't maybe say it's, like, the most talented ever. No. I think the, the year where um, Albon and Norris, like, that, with those guys were, I would probably say that was the most talented ever, but... No, this it, Formula Two is great right now. Yes, it's quality watching. I mean, I think Felipe Drogovic deserves a spot at some point. No. Yeah, yeah he's already he's already a reserve for the Aston Martin. He won't get the Aston Martin. I don't, seat ever, I don't think he'll ever get a seat. <laughs> get a seat anywhere? Anywhere. Okay. You think he'll have to go to like Formula E? Or yeah, I could see him probably going Indy. to like yeah, or like a Le Mans kind of like yeah. endurance racing. I can see him going there. Okay. Do you guys follow Formula E or? IndyCar or any other racing series? I do um, uh, the World of Nerds. Okay. And um, a little a little bit of Formula E on the side. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I'll watch like Indy every once in a while just because I have like the TV and the sports. But mm-hmm. I, I think Formula E right now is probably <laughs> the equivalent of like the XFL right now yeah. with like the NFL and F1 kind of having the same similarity. It's gaining traction, but it's still going to have the same kind of popularity yeah. and excitement as F1 does currently. And I, I don't think it'll reach that for a while. Probably not. Or, or ever right now, just because, you know, a lot of petrol heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, including myself right yeah. now. I, I, <laughs> I love gas powered cars, so there's just a little bit more excitement with that, too. It feels like more of a challenge, of course. So. Um, what are your guys' favorite F1 tracks? Okay. <laughs> so on the F1 uh, game, I love driving uh, Bahrain. Uh, yeah. I think Bahrain's just a just quality track. That's a great track. Um, if I do like a like Mount Rushmore, I'd probably do like Suzuka, Spa. I really do like Turkey. Turkey's mm. nice. I haven't raced it. Uh, it's a 22 year to have it. Okay. But I haven't raced it. It does look like a fun track, but I, I've gotten tempted to that driver's seat. I kind of like, um, I kind of like uh, Zandvoort. Yes. Zandvoort's yeah, so fun. <laughs> the, the banking is so yes. cool. <laughs> I love that. And then, um, and then Coda. Yeah, know? of course. She went to Coda last year, and um, so watching on TV, it was funny watching Max cut out 22 seconds and then finish the race by over five seconds. It was frustrating. She had to see it in person. She was just like lap by lap. She kept saying, "Like, oh my god, they're so much closer." (laughs) Also, like Carlos went up the hill, and then I was like, "Where did you go?" I couldn't see it because it's like a blind spot from where. That's so tough. Yeah. Things never came around. You saw him come around after everybody. Like, like, oh, oh no. If George Russell has learned anything from this, I mean, it's to pick out a car from the rear. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Alex, do you play F1? Yeah, everyone. I mean, I've, I've started to get into the more uh, lately, but uh, I haven't had like the, the luxury of playing them as much. I mean, I've, I've played a lot of Xbox growing up, a lot mm-hmm. of different games, like Dark Souls and all that yeah, stuff. Of course. But, um, I, I'd like to play them more. I mean, oh, it's kind of ship. We yeah. race all the time. Like, mm-hmm. that'd be great. I think I have 550 hours in the game. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so I play against 97% AI, and that's... Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's a yeah. lot. Yeah. Uh, she can... Not I, quite there yet. Yeah, she's not quite there. I think right now we're playing against 75%. Okay. I keep on telling her different values, but I think we're on 75 okay. right now, and she's pretty good on them. You say you don't tell me the real value. No, I don't. She's within uh, the good eight tenths on qualifying most okay. of the time. Um, but what are your favorite tracks? Oh, um, so currently, what I know for my favorite tracks, um, I mean, I, I do like Suzuka. Yeah. It's a very unpredictable track from what I've mm-hmm. seen before in the past. Um, I do like Silverstone for the heritage. 
before. Uh, I remember growing up, my, my dad always had like a little like, uh, Swiss army knife that had like the silver stuff in it. I was always like, it's a silver stuff. It's definitely tracking that I got into. Like, this is great. I love silver stuff. Um, Where is it? Uh, Byron is pretty interesting. Byron. 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 I'm going to get chill for that. Bahrain. <laughs> it literally spells out rain yeah. on the second half. Um, I just okay. So in the NFL, I am a Miami Dolphins fan. No. I don't like the okay. I don't like the Miami track, but I just think it's funny that it's built around. Yeah, my, my favorite. Well, it's pretty team. cool. It, def it definitely garners a lot of attention. So yeah, this year, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, they increased like all the different things that people who actually go to race can do. Um, the teams are now shacked up inside the stadium, um, oh, cool. and people with club passes can actually go into that. Yeah. yeah, and so that's super sick. Um, and then I think they're also making some slight renovations to the track, but yeah. And then the stadium's also going to have some renovations to it, where now it's going to be a lot easier for teams to start setting up um, the pit lane next to it. Yeah, so yeah, that's going to be exciting. It's an interesting track to see the lead side built around the stadium. It's an interesting track, but it's more boring. Yeah, 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 absolutely. The reason it's boring for him is because Mercedes don't have straight lines. No, no, <laughs> no, but did you watch that? No. God, throw that at me every time. Did you watch that? Yeah. I fell asleep all the way through that. You fell asleep after Max. There was no overtaking. There was like, like the Ferraris couldn't do anything. Yeah. It's like the track is just boring. Like, there's fake water too. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. That's silly. This is where your VIP pass gets you. I think the most exciting part of that race is Mick Schumacher. Taking himself out to get the seven, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Why did he was he was on track for his first points finish in like the six races of the season?" And they're like, "You just wasted it to overtake seven." Seven was probably gonna let you by. Honestly. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, that was a pretty exciting part of the race. But I think uh, this year, hopefully, it's a bit more exciting. Uh, I mean, it's only its the second year, so it definitely did hit the ground like Saudi Arabia. Saudi yeah. Arabia hit the ground running, yeah. and every year except for this year has been a very exciting. Year. I think, that, I think that track is so like odd. like it's awesome to watch like the driver's perspective. Like, yeah. Oh my god, it's so fast and flowing. Yes. Except for when it crashes, but mm -hmm. that's uh, Saudi. I mean, it adds to the excitement. It does. It's dangerous, but it adds to the excitement. I mean, nothing's better than watching Nikita Mazepin run it straight in the back of the Russell. So that's awesome. Um, <laughs> if you can't get past him, just go through him, right? Um, but yeah. So there's a, uh, also. Have you guys ever seen any races in uh, Qatar? I think they added that for the grid this year, no? Yeah. They did it in 2021. It was like one of the races before. One of the races in 2021 was the end of the season. Where Fernando was on the podium for our team. Mm -hmm. Oh. I don't, I don't remember the track, but I think I had it. Like, it's a very like, flat, race. very flat. Uh, it's actually a MotoGP track. So mm -hmm. It's a very flat okay. track. Yeah. It doesn't really have any interesting features to it. It's just, it's a pretty, it's just a, it's like a Bahrain track. It's mm -hmm. flat and like, the most interesting thing that happened is Bottas had a puncture, Lando had a puncture, and then Fernando saw Fernando puncture. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, and Lewis won? Yeah, Lewis won. There yeah. you go. Of course, of course. Um, so one track I'm interested that a lot of people, like, I think we forget about just sticking in the middle of the season. It's kind of hard for them, but Hungary, I feel like it's, like, one of the best tracks. Because mm -hmm. something weird happens every year on this track. Last year we had a spin to win. The year before that we had Bodak bowling. I mean, like, Great track and like some of the weirdest stuff. He, he, he just ran it to the back of Lando and then Lando wet weather. He locked up into the back of Lando and then Lando went to everybody else and it's just like okay. Well, and then Lewis made that comeback drive all the way. I think 
has said to be doing but it's pretty well then you also had uh lewis starting on like the on the full west yeah. like around a completely dry track like, <laughs> yeah. We're on the right strategy, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a great race. I mean, that's when Alcon didn't put a foot wrong. He just drove into the, I think that was first one. 116th driver to win a race. It's, it's yeah. His only win. Yeah, his only win. I mean, okay, so here's the thing, right? I think the interesting thing about one race winners is that sometimes we write them off for having one race win. But, like, Carlos Sainz has one race win. Are we putting him on the same pedestal as, like, that's no. right, Alcon. <laughs> like, no. Pierre Gasly also has one race win, so like the potential is there for Carlos to get many more. Well, there it was there when Ferrari was looking better <laughs> yeah. last season. Yeah, they like they totally. I would the Carlos has in a totally completely different field. I think the um, just if Ferrari like they like on the odd chance like they might have like a chance for like a P three like consistently, but like. An odd race win, I think they could probably pull off at least one. That my prediction for is at least like one win for Ferrari this year. Oh, really? Wow. wow. That, that, that's Where? When? When? <laughs> Silverstone. We're, we're going to run it back at Silverstone. I'm surprised that you can have that. But, okay, how many race wins do you predict for? I, personally, I don't think anybody's taking a race win off of Red Bull. They might lose two races total this year. Yeah. I'm saying they lose two races total. And Something really bad has to happen. Yes. Yeah. Like, it. It's just going to be a reliability issue. It's not going to be them crashing or anything. I don't know. I can see them crashing off. Could the they crash race. into each other? Yeah, I could definitely see them. Little back through 2018 again or something. Yeah, like there is a lot of tension there. There's yeah. a lot of tension. And um, assuming, assuming Mercedes somehow get back up there, Lewis and Max don't know how to race each other. They do not. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't see them winning all of the races. I think. Who else wins them? I mean Ferrari apparently. I could see yeah. I, could, I could Ferrari win a Fernando win is on the cards. I could see that happening. I mean, Fernando winning a race is probably more likely than either Mercedes or Ferrari winning right now. Yeah, yeah right now. Yeah, I'm gonna say for the entire season. Yeah. Be like that, so. Um, so where for I guess for you, you not doesn't matter. Red Bull's gonna finish P1. Where yeah. do you think Alpha's gonna finish the middle year? I mean, if we're going off of the history, it's it's gonna be so hard. Slept P5? Well, <laughs> I mean, most likely. Yeah. They, they haven't really changed as much right now. So I think if I mean, if more people start crashing, then yeah, they might somehow mm-hmm. end up a little mm-hmm. bit higher. But I, I don't see that much changing for them right now. It's, it's pretty past the couple of seasons. They just haven't really done as much as they should have. Mm-hmm. My lack of expertise—that's that's kind of like what I'm assuming. I mean, they're going to have to definitely like ramp up the, the performance and change up whatever the fuck they're doing with like their, <laughs> their engine or something like that. Like, yeah. I don't know what's going on with them. Um, what do you guys think's going on in Alpha now? I mean, they have a pretty decent driver line, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't really rate Joe personally. Um, I think. Valtteri is just so quality. Yeah. Like, he is just the Mr. Consistent of everything. I just don't understand. Kind of like the same thing with McLaren last year. They, they were a decent car. I don't know where they finished. I can't remember where they finished up the constructors. But seven? Six. Six. They were just ahead of us. Yeah, so, I mean, like, and then, like, but Valtteri was the only one that finished up the entire lap down during the race, and, like, just, I don't know, Valtteri is, like, so quality. I don't understand kind of how they produce so much of, like, a crappy car. I just mm-hmm. think it doesn't really get it. I don't think it is. 
We have hope for Aquaman. We have different tracks. Yeah. Um, one interesting, interesting thing is that Joe Brown Yu now has two fastest laps in his career. Does he actually? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got one in Canada last year, and then this year he took the fastest lap at the end of Bahrain. Oh, really? Yeah. And so he didn't I'm score like, a point for either. Yeah, he, oh, he scored in Canada. Okay. And then he got a P9 finish, and he also got the fastest lap, which is nice. Like three points. Um, but uh, do you guys think that Joe's going to put up a better fight against uh, Valtteri this year? I mean, last year at like 45 and eight or something. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, like, he's like, going to mature into that role a little bit longer. Um He's immature into that role. I put, I mean, again, I think Joe will probably see him the perfect winner. That's what I take on it. Um, wow. Is that like a, it, <laughs> you feel the same about Yuki? Or yeah, I think Yuki's yeah, out of the seat. Those two are just going to be open next year? I think so. I just don't mm-hmm. think Yuki is, Yuki is blisteringly quick when he doesn't, like, when he has, like, everything working together. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, he's just, like, a hothead on the radio. I mean, his radio calls are awesome. But mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as a boss, as a boss, it would be hell on Earth. So I would want well, to be able to. Awesome. Like also, I think this year he's definitely a much more mature driver. Yeah. Now that Pierre's gone, I mean, uh, two PLA finishes, both from like, a second off. So I think, like, I think this year we're going to see his promo points this far last year. I think last year he had, like, 12 points or something. Um, and Did he get more than that this year? I mean, I can see it. I can see a string of, like, maybe, like, a random P9, a random P10 finish or something like that this year, like, multiple of those. And he's shown he has the pace to get that last point, maybe even another point left. Um, it's just, I mean, he defended K-Mag for, from lap 25 all the way to lap 47. That's a long time to defend somebody. <laughs> so I think he's definitely a much more mature driver. Um, but I think the second half of the year is going to see when a lot of drivers are going to need to, like, put their foot forward. Cause especially when it comes to Yuki, of all people. Red Bull is very ruthless in the program. Yes, and I think with Yuki... It's surprising he's still there. I wouldn't say it's surprising. I mean, two years is going to need for a driver just to get at the end of seats. But, um, I don't know. It, it, it's very it's very much needed for him to be better this year. I definitely think it will be interesting to see how the how Yuki, like, and mentally, because uh, his dynamic of here was awesome. Yes. Like, he's like a big brother to him. So I'm interested to see how his mindset is now that he doesn't have like his like, big brother with him like every day. That makes sense. Now that he's the big brother, Nick DeVries is probably like, no offense to him, probably the most underwhelming rookie this year. Yeah. Just sad and so. kind of surprising. Yeah. But, like, there are the big, worst cars in the grid. I'm a big Nick DeVries guy. Mm-hmm. That car is so bad. The car yeah. is a terrible car. Okay, well just you see the car is better than the Williams. No. The Williams Do you think better. it's better than the McLaren? No, it's not better than the McLaren. It's, it's the not McLaren? better than the no, McLaren? No, McLaren are not P10 P9. Well, that makes one person to lose that. As of right now, I think... I think <laughs> I'm a big McLaren. The slowest car right now <laughs> is the Alfa Tauri right now. The slowest car right now. On two paces, the Alfa Tauri. Nick DeVries has had like three years outside of that one. X amount of years outside of yeah. that one. And it's not like Yuki was like putting in like these performances in his first season at Alpha So you know I think you give Nick DeVries a couple of races to get mm. to get to where uh, to where uh, maybe halfway through the season and you'll see him outperform Yuki. Solely because I think he's only driven Mercedes drive game cars and now he has to switch to a Hon- a Red Bull powered Honda or whatever. Mm. So I think you give him I think he will eventually outperform Yuki. It's just gonna take him some time. Mm. What do you guys think of Logan Sargent? Got a, I mean, got an American on the grid finally. I mean, we got we got an American on the grid. That's all I care about. I mean, okay. he is 
obviously he didn't have like the most amazing junior career. Yeah, he um, didn't. So how yeah. did you get him that fun? I don't know. Yeah, I think, um, mm-hmm. Norrell played at least for Williams and then American Company, of course. Um, and I think Williams is definitely going to be better at exploiting the uh, American fan base than Haas. Quite frankly, I don't think much many of the American fans like Haas. No. <laughs> so I think um, Williams is going to be much better with it now that they actually have an American driver. And I also think that William Sargent, one of the biggest things about him during his junior career was qualifying games. He known for being great after qualifying. Um, and he didn't have the best junior career solely because for a lot of his junior career, he actually had to compete with, you know, an Oscar Piastri who was on the rise. Uh, his dad, quite frankly, fought him. I'm not saying that Oscar didn't have a job, but um, Oscar's dad, uh, I don't know if anybody knows, he owns HP Tuners. And if anybody's seen Oh, them, really? Yeah. Um, and have you seen the HP Tuner website recently? No, it's I literally just Oscar, Oscar, uh, Piastri biography. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so it's literally, it shows all of his awards. Oscar Piastri, uh, has, um, like six or seven national awards in Australia. Huh. Yeah. And he's also got the F, uh, he's got the formula, uh, rookie of the year for both F3 and F2. Um, and him and Logan were on the same team in F4 together. Uh, which is kind of cool, but Logan's qualifying pace, and I think every person who's ever raced against him, is, or, or a, lot, a lot of the rookies that race against him, like, he's great at qualifying. The reverse uh, top 20. Okay, the thing about Saudi Arabia that interests me is the fact that purple area next to the pit lane, mm-hmm. you can't cross that anymore on your qualifying lap. And that was, that was news to me, because a lot of people, like, because uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw the radio calls, but they're like, you had track limit turn 27, which is the last. Yeah. It's like, dude, you can't go off the track and turn 27. <laughs> There's like that little purple area. It's like, okay, well. But um, no, he finished P12 with Bahrain. I think it was a pretty respectable drive. Um, we can definitely see James Dahl's strategy. Yeah. I mean, he's got great strategy in there. Um, and I think it's also great to see Williams. Uh, I'm a Williams fan, by the way. Um, Me too. So. <laughs> I, mean, I think we kind of all are Williams fans. <laughs> Everyone is. Yeah. Oh, no, they're my primary team. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's no other team I support for. I'd say I'm kind of probably the most unbiased out of the three of us here. You keep saying that, it's but true. you're not. I touch him. He's not. He, no. he shits on Lewis and Mercedes. Any, oh, opp- any opportunity he gets to do it, just because I don't know. He defends Red Bull for fun. And, and he defends Red Bull. Ah, it's for, just a good team. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, he asked me, like, okay, like, so um, we had our predictions at the start of the year. Uh, and then we also have um, an F1 draft or whatever, fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you got Alex in there. Yeah. I'm oh, sick. I'm, uh, I'm Blue Flag and Bankrupt Lotus. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> I'm at the top of the table right now. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. I saw um, that. And so our agreement was that out of the three of us, whoever wins gets to make the, uh, one of the two of us do something on the podcast. Ooh. And they can't figure out something for me to do because Yaka's like, I want to make you say Lewis the goat on camera. I'm like, I can exactly. say it right now. Lewis is the goat. I'm just like, there's nothing you can do about it because I don't have a bias against any team. I have a bias against him. It's because it's funny. <laughs> but, like, I don't actually have a bias against any team. I much prefer if, like, Williams, the same Williams is better than McLaren right now. Yeah. I think they are. And they're definitely better than Alcatari right now. But um, I think that Williams, like, I think the one that he goes up. And the fact that they managed to be better than both McLaren and Alcatari, and it's up to Haas. Um, at the start of the season without a technical director or a floor designer for their team, flat out amazing. Yeah. Um, and Logan, I feel like he's just going to get better and better next season. Uh, I 
think he has the most like, upside of that. Like, you know, no offense to Oscar. But, uh, no, I, I think the way you were saying was like reaching. No, not you reaching over right now. Different viewpoint. Okay, first off, I've all. never been a fan of Oscar Piastri, just because of the whole saga with him. Um, and I'm very happy that he's struggling right now. I'm not gonna lie about that. Like, I hope he's regretting the decision. I'm not like it wasn't worth it. It, it wasn't worth it. None, none of that saga was like he'd be in P9, P8 right now yeah. in the LP. He might even be actually challenging better than either Pierre Gasly or Esteban Ocon. But no, instead he gets to sit in P14 at his best. Yeah. That's what happens, you know. Drivers make mistakes. You never know what's gonna happen. Oscar Piastri is gonna be like Fernando Alonso. Yeah. Just make a mistake after mistake with his team managers. <laughs> I hope so. Maybe he'll win a little championship. I I, I hope not. <laughs> I really hope not. <laughs> All right, Alex, your thoughts on Logan and maybe Sam from the team? Um. Yeah. Uh. So I don't know much about uh, Logan's career, but I think he has been overshadowed a little bit by by Oscar and, and his success. So I think. Being the sleeper driver that he is, he's a little bit more uh, person that I, I can see being exciting as, as it starts to develop Depending on whether or not he stays with the team, uh, and ultimately he does for your sake as well. Um, <laughs> yes. he, he could do a lot with, with setting himself up for success, especially if he's... Right, guys, welcome back. Uh, I had a little thing going there, but... Um, yeah, because we're recording at Lake Forest College, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had, um, we had a pub safe officer so come, come by. Yeah, so out of the rookies, look at Sargent. He's the only one to not win Formula 3, Formula 2, or any Formula right now. Um, he's won a bunch of different parting things in the U.S. and a few in Europe, but compared to the other two, I mean, that not, like, doesn't have very much compared to them. So, I mean, do you guys see... Okay, first off, which of the current rookies do you think has the most potential to go by? Of course, you would think Nick DeVries is going yeah. to I would probably say Nick, but I mean, I think Piastri, I mean, I don't, I don't really see Piastri doing too much. <laughs> Sorry, McLaren fans, no. but um, <laughs> I don't know. I just think, I think with the McLaren thing, it's just Piastri has to compete with Lando. Lando's the number one driver, cut and dry. So, I mean, I think really Nick can work that role work that seat like within the team. So I think that probably like and he has proven I mean when that step and drive, I mean I mean you've all seen it like points on like debut, like that's awesome. So I definitely think Nick has some potential. He's old though. Yes, he's, he's twenty eight. Yeah. Okay. Uh I mean uh I don't know what the background of uh Nick's Resume looks like. Anyway. Uh, so he took three years in F3, won it in his third year, but he also had finance problems, so he had intermittent appearances. Um, two years in F2, uh, won it the second season, and then he, you can't go to F2 again after you win. Um, so he went to Formula E, raced there for two seasons, and then uh, is a, was in a reserve role last year with uh, Mercedes while he was doing another season of Formula E. Okay, so then between. He won in And also, yes. like, contacts all season. He He's going for Williams, Monza, points on debut, but he's also driven like all the Mercedes cars. Okay. Also, so he's a LMP2 winner as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think between all the the rookies, I'd say if if I'm going off of resume uh, alone, uh, either between Nick or Piastri right now, Mm -hmm. but I I do like the idea of uh, Sarge getting into the mix Mm -hmm. because there's there's a little bit more. Of a, 
a mystery about how Kaho performed as the, the seasons developed, or as this season develops and as the future seasons become. Um, so that's kind of like. Well, I really think, honestly, I would play devil's advocate to that. I, I think <laughs> that I think that Sergeant is actually perfect for what Liz looking for. It's like the other stage. I think I, I think, was the one trying to tell you that Williams was gonna put him in the seat, like over a year. Oh ago. yeah, so Williams, their first choice was Piastri. They had a loan deal set up with Alpines before that whole saga. Nick DeVries was their next choice. Logan Sargent was their third choice, and he wasn't James Ball's choice at all. Yeah. Um, if I was left up to James Ball, I'm pretty sure Bestie would probably got the seat. Um, but I think it said it when we first started. She told she talked to me about it, and then I like kind of reasoned with it. But um, I think with James Vollins and the team now, I think the team's set to grow literally all together. They have an experienced driver, but he's not super old, so he can keep on the team. They have now a rookie. They also have a very new team principal and a team that's basically building itself from the ground up. And so it feels like it's the perfect place for Logan to be because they can literally all grow the team together. The thing is, it's not James Vollins' choice. That's true. I think if he doesn't perform this year, you'll see Freddie Bessie get that seat. I don't think it'll happen after one season. I think because I think eventually it'll go back to being what Williams is used to being, which is when you say he's doing yeah. And because he will, I think Total Wolf will try and get. Oh, also, Williams have not renewed their contract with um, Mercedes for 2026 for the powertrain. And they said they're actively in the market for a powertrain. Oh, that's a lot of crap. They'll, they'll end up with Mercedes. Yeah. They're just saying yeah. that to say it's get a better deal. If that was true, what would they choose? I mean, probably just go off the best. It, whatever team is actually winning will probably, will probably go to. This new Red Bull kind of thing can be. It is powered by Ford, so it won't yeah. be the exact same people, but I mean, if Red Bull is consistently winning, let's just say they win all the way through 2025, uh, which would be Yago's worst nightmare. Um, like, <laughs> I, I don't know why teams wouldn't look there. Exactly. And I mean, Ferrari keeps struggling. I don't see why Alfa Romeo, well, they'll be using Audi engines at that point. But I don't see why Haas would still be using Ferrari engines at that point. Because, like, I mean, they've proven unreliable. And why would you want to go with a team that's been unreliable into another era of cars? So, uh, I can see also see Haas switching to possibly the right one. Now, what I, not Haas, Haas, I don't think, I mean, you may, you may want to get yeah, engines, but Red Bull is not going to overstress themselves because the supply of the car probably going to be able to supply one more yeah. the two more I mean, Mercedes supplies four, so I could see. I mean, Red Bull can probably supply four. Yes, I see what Mercedes and Williams. Williams and Haas. And you also have to take into account, too, with like the Haas, uh, where they um, share a lot of components with the yes. car. They build all their parts in Manila, where uh, Ferrari is based. Which I think that's one of the more interesting points about Formula One is that a lot of teams are uh, building out of other places. It's expensive, you can't just yeah. have your um, McLaren uses millions to ship their parts over to the facility. Like, they build it somewhere else and then ship it back to the facility. That's so much money that they're not getting to use the development. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, other teams do this. Yeah. Especially for Haas. They develop their car, obviously, in the UK, but they still get parts from Marinella. Yeah. That's also, I think, a knock on McLaren. If you look at, like, the MPC right now, it's, like, futuristic. Yeah. It's using all these movies. But if you look like... At looking teams Red Bull and Brackley and Rexford from the scenes. Yeah. They don't look like, they're not spectacular, but they make their own products. Yeah. Like, so, like, mm-hmm. it's so much money that McLaren are wasting, and then that, that 18 million of the damage is just like down the drain. Oh. So. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, it's good that McLaren is building their own uh, wind power. 
Um, Mercedes would hate the fact that Aston Martin is finishing more than Colin because now I have a keep on everything, but not that they were anyways, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's good to see teams actually getting their own ability to build um, mm-hmm. their own intel. I mean, everybody's excited for the McLaren Wintel. That's what they're all related to. Like, Lando's like, I want to see what happens in the Wintel. I don't care if I throw a season down the drain with this team. Uh, I personally wouldn't like to see that, but that's fine. Um, and then Aston Martin, I can't imagine what they're going to do with the Wintel on their own. Like, not having to split time with people. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's going to be no, standing no. out, too. <laughs> yeah. It's mm-hmm. probably going to be the best one on the grid, honestly. <laughs> yeah, they finish B2, less than 10 times around the South of the season. Can you imagine the uproar Mercedes fans will be in if they get two, three, two years in a row? Yeah. <laughs> that would be awful for them. Team Alley is just going to have an uproar. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. He's the president of the fan club. Oh, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 yeah, I'm a huge fan. I think he should need to go for <laughs> Oh, yeah, so you want to talk about where Lewis is going? Yes. Yeah. What do you think? So he's out, of, he's out of the contract this year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Does he say? Does he go? What do you guys think? Then I'm going to say. I personally, if I was Lewis, I think obviously he's ch- chasing Michael's record. Yeah. Well, Michael's record said enough to yeah, sorry. He tied it, but I don't think he wants to. Um, I just like obviously that's not going to happen right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the state of that team, so I think. I mean, you're not going to get the road. You're not going to get a chance for a normal. So I think he can stick it out with Mercedes. So I think if you wanted, I mean, Gussie will always be able to see if you want it. I think probably. I think probably he'll stay another year or two just to give junior drivers or like say like Nick another option like a, like more time to like mature into it, and then I think he'll retire. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll retire this year. I don't think so. Why well, didn't he sprinkle some like crack into that like, yeah. engine or just kind of <laughs> make it perform yeah. a little bit better? He personally, I don't think he is. I think he is. I'm not a hater. It's just like with the current Mercedes car, even with like Jimmy Johnson coming in. Still we rise. Still we rise. Look, okay, you can see that, but McLaren all they've been doing is falling, okay? So I don't want to hear it from you. Um and same with Mercedes actually. I I have I'm I don't defend Mercedes. I agree that they messed up on their if they stick it out like this, I mean even with James Allison coming back in, I don't see them just my See the thing is, I the like my brain says stay on the table, just keep it out and see what happens. If you win make you win, you even get the eventually. I think the most realistic option is I think he sticks around for the new rising time to Yeah. I think also too it's like he lost well, I mean, I mean this weekend he lost Angela. Yes. Which has mm-hmm. like been his like his number one cheerleader yes. for ever since he's been at Mercedes. And then now he lost like bowels and then like if I mean his entire team that like when you think of like the the Ferrari like when you think of John Todd, uh, Ross Baron, like those key components to like what made Michael so good yeah. starts to like crumble away. Like I don't really see it. Yeah, I don't really see yeah. it. Really I mean the thing is, so I say I will, my brain says I'll just take it out and see what happens. But I 
Yeah, no, it'd be great. I think he could do it because, like, there's that whole concept of you know how Michael went from Benetton to Ferrari and sort of built the team up. You know, maybe possibly he could do that and see if they could. Because they're the closest thing aside from Aston Martin, the closest car to Red Bull. So you know, I think I'd love to see it, but I think he sticks out with him still at least 2027 and maybe season two of the new Red Bull. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of curious. Uh, if let's say George Russell, Sean Leclerc, and Lando Norris all have equal machinery right now, and were to challenge, like be the only three challengers for a world championship, who do you guys think wins that? So you got Leclerc, Russell, and Norris. Nice. I would probably say George. <laughs> I think Leclerc. I mean, dude. I mean, look at the amount of points that like. That Charles like just like pissed away like That's last right. year. I mean like crashing in France and then. Uh, That's the most notorious yeah, I mean George <laughs> is like Mr. Consistent. I mean last year P five for the first like, you know, like nine races in Georgia. Yeah. Like all the way until it crashed. Sort of fun. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> I, he is so consistent, but I mean he's not like Leclerc's quicker. I think we all can all agree yeah. on that. But I think George overchange him. That's my guess. Yeah. I mean, I think See, the thing is with Leclerc is that I think we've forgotten just how talented he is in sometimes because yeah. of last year and this year, some last year primarily. Say the same thing about Lando. No, well, you, no, Lando is perfectly rated as a driver in the sense that he is not, I don't think he's a future world champion. Yes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Right now, yes, he's not. Yes. Right now, Right now, between Leclerc and Russell, Leclerc, is a, Leclerc and Norris, Leclerc is a more potential to be world champion. I think if you give him a good car, and you give, like if you put him in that Mercedes, for example, right? You put him in like, for example, you put him in the, the 2020 Mercedes. He's easily, he and you take Lewis out of the equation, he's easily winning that championship by a mile and a half. Because you've got a good car, you've got a good strategy, you've got a good team around you. Ferrari just don't have that right now. So I think you insert him in, let's say Mercedes build a championship winning car, you insert him into a Mercedes. The championship in car, he wins. Let's like, put him next. Let's like, let's just say on that team then. Let's take Lando out of the equation. If George and Charles on the team, the same team, which I is think your dream team, but by the way, um, Charles is his Oh, but, yes. But let's say Lewis retires. Charles is. is I think Charles. Really? Yeah. I think he's, he's I, I on a single lap pace. He's way more. Ta- he's got more speed than George on single lap. I think George is much more consistent. Maybe, but in a race pace, I think just because of the inconsistency of Ferrari, we haven't seen that talent from Charles that we saw him when he was at Sauber. Mm-hmm. So I think if you put him in a good car, he will win. Uh, he has a motivation yeah. and the speed to get out. He loses his foundation very okay. easily. Uh, one yeah, thing I am so interested about is, so I guess the big difference between Charles and George coming out of the gates was that Charles came in and everybody knew he was fast. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody came in, like, Ferrari's president was like, yo, Charles is the guy I want. And I think the main reason he's a golden boy is because he died, and then they're like, we have to get Charles now. Kind of like yeah. a giant witch. And it's not like he hasn't lived up to it a little bit, but like, it's one thing to be touted as fast just because somebody likes you. It's another thing to be touted as fast while you're driving away. And everybody said George Russell is probably insanely fast. When he was in 
a P8 car, like in the constructors. Maybe P9 sometimes. Uh, to put that car on a P2 in Belgium, albeit it wasn't really much of a race. But, yeah. Um, it wasn't actually a race at all, but it, 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 I mean, it's something special. And I think George Russell has shown that great space, very consistent. He's very good at strategy, and he's willing to make his own decisions. I think the end showed it last year, um, where he forced his way into the pits, <laughs> like, give me soft tires. And then proceeded to overtake Lewis, albeit Lewis almost took George out of the race. But yeah, and uh, I think George wins that. That's what I think. He's making a statement. Yes. Which is, you gotta give credit to Brett Travis too. He's put himself on especially when he's at the race. And that, that says a lot. So. Also, you know, by everyone for years, I think. Um, the other thing is also, he said at the start of last year that he was getting more points than Lewis, and nobody believed him. They're like, you're bullshitting this, right? Yeah. This this guy that has won seven world championships, barely lost it last year by a cheap call, which I'll say, yeah, it's a cheap call. We'll let it live in the past, though. Um, like, he, you just said you're going to get more points than a world champion, and then you followed through on it. And I don't care about the extenuating circumstances. It's the fact that you actually followed through on it. George Russell, hands down, has no work for that. Oh, I'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's waiting for your response. Extenuating circumstances dictate Formula One, so you can't leave out extenuating circumstances. So, um, yeah, I think if you give Lewis and George a championship, winning Formula Lewis is going to beat him because of experience. George is not experience. He will eventually. He will be a control. He's a control counselor. I just think Lewis will beat him out. Well, hundred percent experience is is very equal. I mean, we no. had that in McLaren in two thousand seven. No, I think. Like when Lewis first came in versus Fernando, they literally equaled out on points, and because of lost to Kimi. But like, I think it's a very even battle there. Yeah, but I think in 2007 is a different. Like, if you look at 2021, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Max had no experience as fighting for a championship, and you kind of saw that uh, sort of display itself in uh, Saudi Arabia, Monza, and pretty you know, those two events, and then. Um, and yeah, you can blame Silverstone on Lewis. Fine, I'll take. I, you know, I'll take the blame on that. I'm just saying that was intentional. That was yeah. there's no way that was. I'll take the blame for a racing incident. I'm not going to say intentional. Uh, it's a, I, okay. I don't know if you guys watch cops that much, specifically that corner. Yeah. Lewis can drive that corner every day of the week without it wasn't intentional. It okay. was just the, the two of them come together. Max is on the edge of the track. Literally can't be any farther, and you can see Lewis jerk his wheel. I mean, yeah. come on. It, it's, no. It, he no. did this, it, like, when he drove past Charles, yeah. Charles moved out of the way because he's terrified that the same thing happened. <laughs> like, I, I would do the same thing. Hey, Lewis, I'm not going to get, I'm not coming close to you in cops. I'm not going to hit, so. No, I don't think it was intentional. So I think, yeah, experience plays a lot more than Oh, no, okay, so we asked this last time um, here on the podcast, but, so, do you guys think that these seasons are more exciting than 2021? Uh... I don't know. I, they're just like different. Yes. They're different in their own because way. The race director thing, Michael Massey, yeah. very, very uh, controversial figure uh-huh. himself. But he did make 2021 exceedingly exciting. Like, I don't think there's anybody who can say, you know, 2021 wasn't an exciting season. Now, there was a lot of things surrounding how exciting it was, but like, you had so many good races. Monza, you had the crash. Silverstone, you had the crash. Um, Hungary, you had the crash. It's just like all these races where you have something random going on, and more times than not, usually Max got blamed for it, albeit most time it was his fault. Yeah. Um, 
but like it was just a really exciting season down to the last lap type of exciting whereas now it's like not as much excitement I think the FIA is breaking down on a lot of smaller things because there's not as much excitement exactly I think well I mean like that title fight was I mean like that's like when you think of like the best title fights and you think of like Senna and Frost yeah. like like that was like a historic battle mm-hmm. um I just like definitely think though like this I mean last season just kind of rebel out of this like it was so interesting because like everyone was just kind of like one second they were up here or like one second Mercedes up top then Ferrari then like it's just it was a I thought I thought last season besides like me like taking off my max fanboy hat for a second I think that was like really interesting I thought it was a really good season overall mm-hmm. even though they slaughtered the field oh yeah 100% um, one of the other interesting things, the FIA has been breaking down their track limits like crazy. Mm-hmm. Austria was the biggest example last year. Um, I think the entirety of 2021, when they were racing there, they had minimal penalties because there were specific corners that you, uh, Michael Massey wouldn't penalize because if you overshot the corner, you were already losing like five, six seconds. You overshot the corners last, last year, and I think there were like triple the number of penalties at uh, Austria last year than they were in 2021 so do you think it's actually warranted or like do you think they're maybe cracking down too hard on this i think it's a little too hard i mean you i mean you have to think in the practical sense like sure they're gonna like if they go off track or offline you're gonna lose like this five seconds like that's not great but like to add on top of that like another penalty i think it's a little much like okay like the example with uh the fernando car yeah touching mm-hmm. fernando's car um this past weekend, I thought that was like way too harsh, but they do have to set a precedent though. Yeah. So, I don't, I'm torn. With with track limits, I feel like it's a bit easier for everybody to know, just mm-hmm. because like even the drivers can see it. What I think with the grid lineup, especially something where it's not gaining anything, that's front Alcon, you can clearly see there's a gain there. Yeah. But when you line up on the left side of the grid box, it actually hurts you. <laughs> now, albeit everybody knows Alonso's launches are great. There's entire compilations They're about amazing. how yeah. Um, but like lining up on the left side of the box doesn't give you anything, and it's not like you was like two millimeters on the line. So, do you guys think that m- the FIA maybe needs to like loosen up on this type of deal a little bit? Or I guess the question I was kind of asking before was, do you are you more enjoying of the idea of the FIA breaking down these things now? Because or are you more okay with like you know slight uh, reprieves from it, like my Michael Massey did? I don't know. I think Massey was like a total like showman. With like crafting, like they say it's scripted, but like, like that is a joke. Um, I definitely think they're again, like I said before, there needs to be a precedent though. Like, sure, like the little things can get by, like, like the grid box thing, I think is totally ridiculous. But I mean, I think we've seen it like both races so far. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I think that's like a little ridiculous, but rules are rules, yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Thing is, if you let them little and that, like, starts, that starts building up into like a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like you let, so then what? Where do you stop the line, right? Like yeah. you, so then you let. Okay, so like you, for example, you let the grid boxes, and then someone says, "Well, if you're going to do that, let's go and see what we can do here." And then we'll move on, and eventually it goes into the big thing. Yeah. And then okay, a hundred thousand budget cap reach is not all that much, so we're not going to penalize them. So mm-hmm. you know, where does it stop? I think it's all of those two. Yeah. Up to twenty one, you have to. I mean, you're just going to get attacked. Yeah. Um, Alex. Yeah, I mean, you gotta talk about it now so you polish out the rest of the future seasons. I mean, so you don't have these problems going forward as much. And so teams aren't as heavily penalized like they would have been. 
this is already the authority, this is what it might cost them if they have to like change the whole setup. So yeah, mm -hmm. I think that factors in for sure. I see Michael Matthew is kinda like I saw the Hunger Games, like mm -hmm. the game maker. And then uh, now it's just like the FIA are like robots. So yeah, it's, yeah. there's gotta be some in between. Yeah, I think that has to be the case. Because if you look at other sports, you don't see as much influence. Like, these teams have so much influence on the rules. You're telling me that these like NFL reps don't have Yeah, and the NFL has been a. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying the teams, the teams of. Oh, okay, like, okay. The, the, like, for example, the Miami Dolphins. Help make the rules for the NFL. No, the NFL no. makes no, rules. Absolutely. So no. I think like no other sport do you see this much amount of influence participants have on the rules. So you know you you either set the rules and then say this is how we're going to enforce them, or you sort of uh, simplify it a little bit more for everyone else to understand. Yeah, and it, it's different too because it's something like the, the structure of the NFL is it does factor into like the owners a lot of the time, working mm -hmm. with the commissioner. Of course he did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, uh, they, they lived in the forest. Did they actually? Yeah. Oh. My mom went to the wedding. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, I don't know. Controversial figure. I don't know if you yeah. guys saw, there was a meme uh, of one of the F1 pages I follow, but there was a re or there was an interview clip. Kind of famous, like where Alonzo is like equal engines for everyone, yeah. yeah. And then now, like, once he has it, he's like, no, like no. dusting Lewis. All right, so final topic. <laughs> okay, so Patrick always asks people about Charles Leclerc and how, like, oh, I don't want to ask them, no, ask away. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, it's actually two final topics, but I'll do this one first. Um, Charles Leclerc. Uh, Jakob said he's a very straight man, but he's still big shot. Oh my god, we're talking about trolling. Who do you guys think is the hottest driver on the grid? Well, it's either between. There's a lot of eye candy on this grid. Yes, there is. <laughs> I think um, I think my answer changes with who I'm with. Uh, obviously, it's Max Verstappen, but um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I think. Uh, no one says that. I would definitely say probably I mean, it has to be Pierre. I mean, like the, That's the little French boy, or, or a little Spanish player, mm -hmm. and Carlos too. Carlos is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Carlos I'm a very straight man. Wow, I'm with sure. four straight guys. Yes. Yeah. Carlos definitely I has like aesthetic. <laughs> but then if I'm going for the facial hair. I gotta respect Valtteri Bottas with the mullet. Oh my god. The mullet, I love it. Ben takes balls to kind of rock that. And I'm like, you know what? I rock that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've been saying. He's in his home race next weekend. But last thing before we go, I need to know who are your top 10 for Australia? Oh, okay. I need to pull you out. I just need to like see a run. Yeah, but we'll start with you. Wait, we're doing that right now? Yes. Yeah. Right? I won't say mine any different, so nobody even thought about it at all. I, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> they forgot who all the drivers on the grid are, so they have to pick yeah. up their phones. Okay, I'll go first. I'll go... Is it a prediction? Yeah, I know. I'll go Max first. <laughs> Actually, you know what? No. 
I'll go Perez first. I think Perez is going to Really? Play. I think he's going to put up more of back a Back-to-back? Okay. Did you see that tweet that he put out? He put no. Out, he put out a tweet saying, great race, da-da-da, and then I'm here to be champion, right? <laughs> and then, yeah, and then like 30 minutes, like like 15 minutes later, it was taken down, and the same tweet without the I'm here to be champion. Awesome. <laughs> like, you can't do that. You can't say that. Look, we're going to lose Max if you say that. Don't do that. Yeah, so I'll go Perez, because I think Perez is going to put up a fight. Max B2? Yeah, Max B2. Uh, Fernando P3. Yeah, same podium again? Yeah. Uh, Lewis P4. Uh, Carlos P5. Charles P6. George P7. Lance P8. I think both of the Ferraris ahead. Yeah, wow, okay. Lance, yeah, I don't mind Lance. Well, you can go with George. Lance P8. Yeah. Uh, P9, K-Mag. Oh. And P10, S-Bound. Okay. Uh, Sam? Yeah. Uh, I think it's got to be Max. Um, I think we're going to go Max, Max P1, Fernando P2, uh, Checo P3, uh, and then we're going to go George Russell P4. Fernando's finishing ahead of Checo? Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, this is wild. <laughs> we're going, I said George P4. Uh, <laughs> Carlos P5, Lewis 6, Charles 7, Lance 8, uh, then I'm going to throw in Valtteri P9, and then I'm also do Yuki Sonoda two P10. Okay. Damn. This, that's, that's interesting. It's spicy today. I like this. I'm going to have a little fun with it. Okay. I feel like, uh, I would say Verstappen's going to get bonked out of the Somehow, just okay. Like, so I'm gonna say Fernando's gonna be number one. Oh, he's gonna win an Australian. Wow! Yeah, with yeah. my with my with my assumptions. To be fair, I'd mean, say Checo would be number two on that. Okay. But then it would be something like uh, he's not far off. Max didn't return to Austria. That's true. <laughs> he also returned to Mario. <laughs> the nitty gritty. Yeah, the nitty gritty. <laughs> um, we'll say Charles is going to be number seven. Oh, wow, this is Charles seven up there. Very good. I'm going to say eight. We're going to put Akka in eight. Okay. Okay. Um, Uh, before players, I'm gonna do mine before players because players is something else. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say Checo P1. Um, I'm gonna say Max P2, Charles P3, uh, Fernando P4, Lance P5, um, George P6, Carlos P7, Louis P8, what the hell? Uh, Boras P9, Albon P10. 
<laughs> just the dish. I was out there. <laughs> I feel like you just got hurt. <laughs> Albon P10. Yes. Alright, mine's a little bit crazier than yeah, that. Go for I don't it. know, I'll... I'm just going like, this is what I want to happen, okay? okay? Chucko is number one, he's winning this race, Love and he's going to take the lead of the championship. <laughs> Fernando's taking P2. Another third consecutive podium for him. Stroll on there with him. Whoa. Aston Martin's double podium. Whoa. Wait, where'd you have Max then? Max is not finishing. He's not finishing. Something's happening to him. I did not call out a hit, but. Okay. Russell P4, um, right ahead of Lewis. Okay. Um, that just seems to be how it's happening. And then I want Belkin to be P6. I, I just want him to have a comeback even though he finished last in the in the previous race. Um, then Norris. Jeez. Oh my god. You're know, oh, out of the box. <laughs> I don't know. You never know what can happen. And then you got you got the Ferrari right behind them. You got uh, Carlos and then Leclerc and then K Mag for P ten again. I think you put K Mag on P ten all three races. And then and they got half of it right. One for two right now. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, that is a that's a pretty wild end. Hey, but. we'll see right after that race how you're feeling about my prediction. <laughs> yeah, Lando's gonna be ten places down from where you have him. P17 would be lucky. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and this is a hope right now. Then this is this is faith. Yeah. You're on prayer for Leclerc right now. All right. Someone's um, gotta put good vibes out. <laughs> Well, that is all we have for you guys today. If you stayed to the uh, end of the video, um, let me know what your favorite place in Australia is. Um, Who has a favorite place in I'm Australia? Sh- never it's, been it's an open question. Numbers. If they do, then Queensland! <laughs> Queensland! But until next time, this Lights Out F1 podcast. Slice out and away we go. <laughs> we gotta get natural.